solves everything. A how-to-do show where Heather takes credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I used to think that I was a good person. Then I met these folks. Wow. Welcome to Heather Solves Everything. The show where I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. If you're a first-time listener, you're in good company. It's the first time that I've ever aired this program on the radio, and I'm really happy to be here at Real Talk 93.3. Now, last season, Heather Solves Everything was released as a podcast. In this season, new episodes will be right here on 93.3, Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern, And the podcast version will be released on Monday mornings, and it'll be on all your favorite podcast apps. Now, the podcast version from time to time may have some bits that you don't get to hear on the air. So tune in for the full recording and be sure to follow the show on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Coach Healthy Heather. That's me. Now, this is going to be a fun show. Each week, I'm going to have guests, stories, games, and even audience participation. To be honest, guys, this is the first time that I've ever done a radio show, so I don't really know what I'm doing, but it's all about solving problems of living life. So we're going to have an adventure figuring it out together. So welcome and thanks for being here. I promise to always bring you something to talk about, something to think about, and hopefully something to do something about. Now let's get into our first episode. Today's show is called Go Boldly. And yes, it's taken from the famous quote by Henry David Thoreau. Although it's not actually Thoreau that said that. When I started looking up a few versions of his words, the most common version that I saw said, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've imagined. Now, guys, I've been inspired by these words for most of my life. I don't remember when I first saw them, but I remember what they meant to me. Mm. And I remember that it was an invitation and kind of a little bit of a dare. And I can't pass up a dare. (laughs) Like Marty McFly, nobody calls me chicken. Now, I always thought that Thoreau said to go boldly, but when I started looking that up, I realized I had Henry David Thoreau mixed up with Captain Kirk. But it's my show, guys. I can do whatever I want. So today, we're going to channel both Thoreau and Captain Kirk. Thoreau said, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Captain Kirk said, boldly go where no man has gone before. Mm -hmm. We're going to mix the two up today, and we're going to talk about being bold And we're going to talk about being confident. Mm. And you guys know going boldly and going confidently in the direction of your dreams is something that nobody should try to do alone. So that's why I have a guest. (laughs) Christique Henry. Welcome to Heather Solves Everything. I am so glad to be here with you, Heather. Thank you for inviting me. Are you ready to go boldly? I am. And confidently? I am. I really am. Do I sound bold and confident when I say that? Yeah, absolutely. Every time that I hear you speak, my ears want to hear more. And I tune up my radio and I ask, who is this eloquent woman? 
And then they say, we're speaking with Christique Henry. And it's like, of course they are. <laughs> Y'all, I met Christique in season one of Heather Solves Everything when we did a show about the Tallahassee Peacemakers Initiative. Mm-hmm, that's right. An amazing organization of former incarcerated gang members who now are peace vigilantes mm, who right. are de-escalating crime in their neighborhoods. And I knew that this was a woman who goes boldly. She's a force to be reckoned with in a good way. She's a neighborhood and community advocate here in Tallahassee. I've got some personal questions for Christique today, and we're going to get to those. But first, tell us who you are. Well, I Christique Henry, um, what's the best way to describe me? Christique Henry is a little rough around the edges. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you kind of have to, you know, channel your inner gangster when you're, you know, when you're in pursuit of things that don't make sense to other folks. Um, I came to Tallahassee as a student at Florida State University and um, came here and stayed for about spring semester. And then my sister um, was killed in an automobile um, accident. Well, it was an accident. A pole slipped in here in the temple. Mm. And um, so, you know, like regular folk, I just checked out and I ended up getting some really, really, really you know, unremarkable grades at school. And I needed to go home Mm. and get my life together. And so I went home and was able to spend a lot of time with my parents and really get kind of centered in my faith and understanding who I am in terms of why I'm here. And so when I came back to Tallahassee, I came and was a part of a group called the AmeriCorps. And I worked in the Southside community out of Bond Elementary School. And that really is the start of who Christique Henry um, has become. Back then I was Christique Pugh. So I ended up coming to, you know, um, this area of town that, you know, based upon what everybody else would say is somewhere you just don't unboldly go. Mm-hmm. But end up finding out that that was the heart of Tallahassee. And, you know, folks in Southside, I can't say this enough, um, they loved me. They they found me in a state where I was searching for myself and gave me purpose, gave me opportunity to make impact. And it's through service that I have um, shaped my identity as a person and my motivation as a human being. And um, I've met my husband who, you know, lived in Southside. At the time, he didn't live there, but his family was from, um, lived there um, for a while. And, um, you know, just had these wonderful relationships with great mentors and and elder women who showed me that everything that matters requires boldness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're dealing in a community that is underserved or underrepresented or experiences chronic issues associated with disinvestment and other, you know, chronic um, policy in in human-related issues, you have to address these things in a way, not not necessarily on the negative side of brazenly, but you have to be bold. You have yes. to come to that table. And I watch these women with their stuff together advocate for this community and put me to work and make me listen. And um, so that's who Christique Henry is. I graduated from Florida State um, in 2003. I got married and started a business at the same time. So, um, <laughs> wow, that's pretty bold. <laughs> I don't know how much confidence we had, but it was real bold. And so, um, and then uh, Kingdom First Realty is my company. I am a um, Florida real estate broker, have been for eight, going on 18 years now. Um, But I have this proclivity for community. So I've spent the past probably about 
25 years doing community advocacy on some level, and now I am enjoying the fact that I know a little something and can begin to kind of systematically apply those things I've learned and help other people. Um, so I do that in volunteer capacity as well as consultative capacity. I currently have the pleasure of working with, in addition to grassroots groups like the Tallahassee Peacemakers Initiative, the Capital Area Neighborhood Network, Council of Neighborhood Associations. I currently serve as the um, Community Engagement and Integration Director for the South City Foundation, mm. um, which is my current, you know, journey um here in the south city community and south side and so that is that is where i am and it, i'm just really grateful um that my focus has really kind of centered geographically on an area of town that has had to really um cut its teeth and survive on the boldness of mm -hmm. the people who live and love there and mm -hmm. so i learn every day more on how to be courageous and how to be bold and to how to represent well well, I'm excited to have you here today because I am always in awe of the boldness and confidence that just emanates from you. And I recently missed out getting to go to the amazing Soul of Southside Festival that you created. Tell me about what it took to, to put this event on for the very first time requiring so many people to come together and be bold? Well, you know, I'm going to be really transparent, and I could give the canned answer of what the Soul of Southside Festival is. You already told of, that to everybody else. You I, can tell me the I truth. I did. Let me tell you the truth. <laughs> the truth is, is that we were able to, we've been working on putting together a Southside Festival for about four or five years. It was this opportunity with the, um, with my, my, my work with the South City Foundation that really, um, gave a gateway to say, okay, we can centralize our effort here. And because, you know, most of doing things on the community level requires us to come together. And so conveners are really, really important organizations that can serve as conveners. So in my position, I was able to really use that to, to provide a convening place. And so we put this proposal together for this, this, this festival and we cultivated this group of like 20, Five people, right? All thought leaders, all like, you know, beasts in their areas, you know, from um, social media to, um, you know, videography to uh, volunteer coordination to, you know, budgeting. To, we put this community-based team, you know, 90% of them come from the South Side, right? And dreamed up this festival. And I said, oh, yeah, and we're going to do it at Lake Anita. They were like, what? <laughs> You know, what is that Lake Anita? Well, Lake Anita is a wonderful, wonderful stormwater pond with a <laughs> attached to an amphitheater that's named in the honor of a woman I greatly admire, Anita oh, yes. Favors, mm -hmm. Anita Neal Favors, who is one of my my personal sheroes um, and a great supporter and encourager in my life. And so I was like, we're going to do it at that park because we need to figure out, you know, how we can invigorate that park. So, you know, after the proverbial kind of pause and, you know, crickets, uh, <laughs> we, you know, we put together a plan. It was like, OK, this is where we're going, because, you know, the important thing about doing a festival that that honored the history of resident advocacy and connectivity in the South Side and in their neighborhoods was having it in the neighborhood. Right. 
Right. So it just happens to be in the neighborhood in an area called the Allen Subdivision, which is a historically black neighborhood that's adjacent to Florida A&M University. So it's perfect. And it used to be an old club. So it was perfect to have a music festival there, you know, that honored neighborhoods because that's what it used to be. a club. So we got together. And when I tell you about the power of collaborative leadership and, you know, you know, folks like a point person be like, oh, it was you. No, it was us. It mm-hmm. was us finally knitting our visions together. And when that that moment, you talk about go boldly, you know, that 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 hitting of the switch, mm-hmm. right? When the switch lit up in everybody, the dopeness that flowed out just was like ridiculous, right? <laughs> and and so like I got videotaped evidence of this dopeness. I mean, the the from the social media which in a month generated almost 45,000 in reach from the emails and the the sponsorships and 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 now mind you we're doing this in a post covid environment so we're totally restricted right on how many people we can have at this right. park and how many vendors we can invite to come and 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 we're just like totally amazed that it became kind of a you know Ooh, we want to be there. Of course, always at the last minute. But I talk about Tallahassee all the time with that the last minute rush, right? Mm-hmm. But the the just sheer ingenuity, even to the to the position of the park and how we were able to make it truly an amphitheater with a stage and with the you know imagined green room and and, and thinking about facilities for restroom use and and the way that we were able to set the vendors up. It was, I mean, we just reimagined that whole space. But guess what? It wasn't just our imagination. Other people had thought that it could be done. We were just the ones to come together and do it. And so the role of imagination collaboratively is so ridiculously important. And being able to, with confidence, activate that and being able to convey to people because that's where hope emanates from. Mm -hmm. Hope emanates from ideas realized because now if I can do it, I can do it again or I could do it a different way or I can go to another place and reimagine. So the power of collaborative leadership and an activated imagination is so key to confidence and ability to consistently and chronically be bold. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's what the soul of Southside was. Now, for other people who listen, it was a music festival merged with neighborhood history that really celebrated entrepreneurship, commerce, history, and love. And that's what that's what was there was love in action. And um, we were just so blessed to have such perfect weather and such perfect countenances of those who who came and were involved in such awesome entertainment and just having a space of time where we can say we made it through COVID and we're here together and we're outside and the sun is so disrespectful, but the music is so good, you know? And, and so that is, that is really the power. That is the soul of Southside uh, arts and humanities festival. And we want to grow it of course, to the, magnitude of other festivals I admire like the Zora Neale Hurston Festival down at Edenville and some of these other neighborhood centric community centric festivals but I'm gonna tell you in the first year Tallahassee has really shown us that they want it and we want to definitely continue it oh man I cannot wait for the next (laughs) one because as soon as I heard about it I knew I wanted to go and I knew that I had something else going on and then I saw all of the stuff online and everybody was talking about how great it was and I thought oh man I missed something special but what I really hear you saying is the word 
reimagined. And that's so much a part of being able to live confidently and live boldly is being able to imagine something different and being able to, you know, kind of put a vision on something and then decide what if, what if, what if this person helped? What if I ask about this? What if we did it like this? And just having the curiosity, and we're going to talk about curiosity later on in the program to investigate and explore what the options are. And I also heard you say when you were talking about the location, having it at Lake Anita, that you needed a way to revitalize the area. So why not have a festival there? And so like we just now we said we're going to do it. So now it shall be done. It shall be. And it was. And it was. Beautifully. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to hear about the next one. Um, and now I want to get personal with you. Mm-hmm. I want to know what makes you tick. Because even though it was the it was the team, the team came together by you. Mm. You do cool stuff, Christique. <laughs> and I'm curious to know. Have you always been bold? Have you always lived with intention? Yeah, I can say that. Um, I, I can definitely say that. Now, now, keep in mind, you know, I was raised on the Cosby show. All right. So, <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's it's different. And you say same. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> you know, you your imagination is sparked by so many things. Right. So. I was raised on the Cosby show. I was raised in elementary school when they were doing book it, right? When they made you read books, like you had to read all these books. Oh, yeah. But when you read them, you got like this pizza from Pizza Hut. Remember Pizza Hut was the bomb? You got the pizza when you read the books. I read like so many books. And so my mind is riddled with all of those things that I read when I was younger. And I saw in this reading and in this in this time of learning and, and growing and developing that people do stuff that is impossible all the time, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, I go I, I go to this church where I where they talk about this God that has created a world out of nothing. Right. And we go to church and we, we, we talk about this. But I think early on and even now. What I'm convinced of and what makes me tick is that I believe there's abundance. I think that people limit themselves because they think that there's scarcity. And I look at the sky every day and I look at the grass and I look at everything around me and I look the distance and the distance does not stop looking, right? I can't look far enough because far enough is far, right? It continues. It doesn't end. It does not end. And when you go to the ocean and you're looking at the ocean, you don't see where the coast is on the other side. All you see is this abundance of water. And so... My life is driven by the sense of abundance. And so the reason why I can work with a group and I can share and I can I can feel like I'm insignificant even in the sharing is because I know when I'm out in that ocean space, I'm a speck compared to all of the waves that are happening and all of the activity that is happening in creation. And so I see myself as a very significant yet insignificant part of that. But there is such a abundance out there. There is such abundance to make change. There is such abundance to change myself. There is such grace out there for us to be able to see and reimagine where there needs to be reimagination and to start over again. But we have to do it with the confidence and the hope that when we do it, that there is an expected end to that that retooling or that reimagination. So I, what makes me tick 
It's just this belief in abundance. And I believe that that is what that is. That is what really spurs me on. And when I'm in a situation where people say that this is limiting, I, you know, I'm almost like a, a knee jerk reaction to like, no, no, <laughs> I have the same reaction. I, I almost kind of feel like saying, um, OK, then then y'all aren't my people like I I can I can I am a coach I'm a health coach and I often hear myself reminding people I am not a convincer mm. I am a coach I'm not here to convince you to try things or to, to do things I'm here to help you get to where you want to go and it's the same type of thing with 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 when you have plans that others say are impossible or it's too much it's that's I'm not here to convince you that we can. Mm-hmm. I'm here to get going on it. Two things. First of all, on Thursday night is when Cosby came on. That's right. And I remember I had an after school tutor that I would meet with on Thursdays. And I loved that because it guaranteed I would have my homework done and I could watch Cosby. That's right. And I worked so hard for that pizza. I read so many books for that pizza and there was one day when I there was like a tracker sheet and I was yep. tracking like all my books and I lost it I freaked out because you, I was so close uh, oh oh and no thankfully I found it oh. but yes so I'm right there with you right there with you and you know who else is right there with us is Henry David Thoreau <laughs> I want to read you the full text okay. of this quote that gets paraphrased so often as Most humans, we go straight to the part that we like the best. Mm -hmm. But I want to read the whole thing because I think you're going to like it a lot. I think that, that the two of you might be separated at birth. I see. Okay. Here he is. I learned this, at least by my experiment, that if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. He will put some things behind, will pass an invisible boundary. New, universal, and more liberal laws will begin to establish themselves around and within him. Or the old laws be expanded and interpreted in his favor in a more liberal sense, and he will live with the license of a higher order of beings. In proportion as he simplifies his life, the laws of the universe will appear less complex and solitude will not be solitude poverty not poverty nor weakness weakness if you have built castles in the air your work need not be lost that is where they should be now put the foundations under them Ooh, snap 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 he's talking your language yes he is yes he is i love that if you built the castles in the sky that's mm-hmm. where they were supposed to be captain kirk said <laughs> space captain kirk that great philosopher <laughs> the final frontier <laughs> ex- ex- explore strange new world seek out new life and new civilizations go boldly where no man has gone before mm. you can see how i got these two mixed up <laughs> Christique, what do you think holds people back from living boldly? Oh, dear. That is a loaded question. (laughs) Um, We probably could spend a whole afternoon on just that question by itself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think that there are two things that hold people back from living boldly. 
and confidently. And the first thing is unrealistic fear and just a lack of understanding of the abundance and the power that they have. Um, And I do a great deal of trying to help people realize that through my advocacy and through my support, quite frankly. I find that um, fear of what, how powerful they could be if they let go is it can be paralyzing mm-hmm. you know and when, when you really start thinking about your true potential that fear i think a lot of times it's not fear that it can't be done but fear that we will be so powerful that we don't know how to handle that it's real it's real and, and you know fear is is very limiting and it's very paralyzing um, and you can look back probably in your life where a unrealistic fear kept you from doing something that you know was in your talent space or in your, your capability mode. And, and so we have to work every day to address it, to be honest about it, and, and to place it well. We're going to get into that into the second half. This is Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything with Christique Henry. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a short break. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather from Heather Solves Everything. I want to thank my sponsor, Kylene and Ryan Studios, a local husband and wife photography team who specialize in weddings and portraits of all kinds. Whatever special event you have coming up, they're your photographers for life. With a combined 32 years of professional photography experience, their unique perspectives shine through in every image you see. Find out more at KyleenAndRyan.com. That's KyleenAndRyan.com. Thank you to my sponsor, AK Social Strategies, a locally and woman-owned business that provides social media and email marketing for small businesses. Every client feels the love when their social media is curated thoughtfully and personally with purpose and intention. Social media is a business must have, but it's time-consuming and ever-changing. Let AK Social Strategies take the wheel. Find them on Facebook. Just search for AK Social Strategies. Welcome back, everybody. Healthy Heather here. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm here with Christique Henry. We are listening to her favorite song. Optimism by Sounds of Blackness. Mm-hmm. How perfect for our topic today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just before the break, we were talking about the fear that holds us back from living boldly and confidently going in the direction of our dreams. And we're going to pick up right where we left off. You know, we were exploring that fear that we might not be able to control the immense amounts of energy that we have when we really let go mm-hmm. and live. And so many times when somebody is able to live confidently and boldly, it's because they are connected to a vision mm. that they have for their life, a purpose that they have for their life. My, my clients that are listening to this now are rolling their eyes because I go on and on and on about having a vision for their life. Before they start doing anything, I want to know what's the vision? Does this fit into the vision? Mm. 
And so I'm curious to know, do you have a vision for your life and and how you decided to start living in abundance? How, tell me about that journey for you. Well, I think that that is a really powerful question to ask because, you know, when you're first starting out and you're, you're a young person, you're being shaped by the vision of others. So people have their mindset of what your capabilities are and, and, and they're trying to shape you and they're trying to give you opportunity to exhibit, if you will, your, your superpowers in their sphere. And so, you know, you kind of got the suit and tie thing going where you're being kind of uniformly prepared to fit this mold. And then you get older and you recognize that you've lost yourself somewhere. And the thing that I had to do is I had to come to that place where I had to recognize that who I am is enough. Mm -hmm. Who I am is enough for my vision. Who I am is enough for my purpose. Who I am authentically, who I am as a country you know, girl from Polk County, you know, raised in Detroit, lived in Polk County all my life, you know, in the South. That's enough for me to be able to have the impact that I need to have in my life. And so what I think back is to a, a quote I came across years ago that said, I will never underestimate the power of authenticity to inspire truth or the power of compassion to melt resistance or the power of vulnerability to unite people or the power of love to ignite every good thing in this world. And what I decided from that is that it was going to come from love. My life was going to emanate and be love in action. If I can centralize everything that I am into a concept that is universal and that is powerful, I would never lose focus of who I am. And I would never lose focus of what my responsibility is to my neighbor and to those that I love. And so, yes, my vision um, for my life was one way that was shaped at one point. But then I had to decide that in all these things that I was becoming, that I was okay to be who I was as I became. And um, that's what I would encourage people as they're looking and they're trying to have vision for their lives. Make sure you make accommodation for your authenticity and your legitimacy in that because the, the vision is for an appointed time. So it's going to roll out. But you have to make sure that you know who you are and you're okay with who you are so that when you get to that place where your vision takes you, that you are still who you are made to be. It, that reminds me of um, the concept of descriptions being instructions. Mm. And the way that we are described is often the way that we then act. And the way that others describe us when we are younger, we internalize That's and right. think, well, that must be me. That must be who I am and, and what I'm supposed to be doing. And then if it just doesn't feel right, having that curiosity yes. to explore what does feel right how do I feel like me mm -hmm. did you ever have a time when that clicked for you and you knew that love was going to be the theme of your life it did it was I was doing a um I was I worked for the council of neighborhood associations um for a number of years in the late two two thousands um and was in leadership with that organization but we were having a neighborhood um recognition awards gala and I heard folks talking about their communities. Now, these are volunteers. All of these folks in these neighborhoods that we're recognizing or the, the, the folks that were there, they were, they were residents of communities that, that were engaged in community advocacy. And the thing I kept hearing over and over and over and over was their service was rooted in love. Their service was rooted in love. Now, at that time, I was just straight a real estate broker, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it just really never clicked to me 
that the basis of value on the community level, my job as I assess value and appreciation comes from individual love of space and love of area and commitment. And so that's when I saw the power of love and action and how you had differentiations of values in different places because of the love applied on the community level. And, and I said to myself, man, if we could just harness that as a community, we could truly be a community with a soul. We didn't have to be a market-based community where people just bought because they thought the appreciation value. You know, we, we didn't want to be a static community we want to be somewhere where people could come and say wow I felt something when I was there or I got something was when I was there because that was my experience when I came to Southside I knew I was loved and so it reared in me a sense of service and so that that is where I feel we need to be and um, that's when it clicked for me the power of love on the community level and and the role it plays in, in interaction with local politics serve service opportunities, service organizations, um, it always have to center back to that sense of, I love this place, I love my neighbors, and this is why we need to make the decisions we need to make because love is powerful and it's valuable and it replicates itself over when we set it in motion. Reminds me of a song that I sang when I was a kid in church. Did y'all sing, Love is Something If You Give It Away? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About mm-hmm. the magic penny, you mm-hmm. sang that one? Yeah, I'm I remember, to remember that how one. it went. Love is something if you give it away, you give it away, you, you give, give it away. away. Mm-hmm. Love is something if you give it away, you end up having more. You better sing it. That's right. It's just like <laughs> the magic penny. Hold it tight and you won't have any. Spend it, spend it, and you'll have so many. They'll roll all over the floor for. Then <laughs> you sing it again. <laughs> yes. It replicates on itself. Spend it, spend it, and you'll have so much. Yes. And I think that love is really underrated as a business philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know, I work a lot with organizations in well-being for their employees. And I find myself reminding people that if you don't start with a fundamental care and compassion for human beings, right. your plans will fail every time. You have to start with actually caring about the well-being of others. Absolutely. And if you start that, I believe that you cannot fail. Oh, yeah. You have a point of reference. You know, people get lost, right, in, in, in one way or the other. They start out with a passion, right? They really care. Oh, gosh, I love this thing. And then they get caught up in the market realities of growing it or prospering it or, or making it this or that and other. But they forget the, they forget the why. They forget mm-hmm. the love and the passion that they started it with. And that's what I hope as a nation and definitely as a community we can come back and we can come back to the love because there is much, a lot of love here in Tallahassee. There is a lot of love here in Tallahassee. And I um, wonder, what's next for you? Do you have any new projects coming up? Anything that you can share with us? I do. I'm so excited. Um, Of course, we are going to be planning for the next year's Soul of Southside Festival. But um, we also, with the South City Foundation, we are getting ready to plan a, what we call a neighborhood tour. So, so, right, it's super sexy, right, in concept. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what we plan on doing is basically touring where we live. So we're going to have like a T-shirt and everything. We're uh-huh. going to have location stops. And um, we're, we're going to be just basically going to different apartment complexes within the area that we serve um, and just really doing outreach. Um, we have a couple of partners that are going to be working with us. One of them is the Salvation Army, um, the TPD, and, and really going to focus on safety and um, preparedness. Um, and that from the mindset that everyone deserves to be safe. 
everyone deserves to, to, to experience safety in their community and whatever systems there are that we need to ensure residents and neighbors know about to ensure their safety or at least their knowledge where they can get to safety. That's what we want to do. And then we're also doing um, the summer break spot, the number one summer break spot um, over at the Greater Love Church off of Orange Avenue every Tuesday and Thursday. That's a partnership with Second Harvest of the Big Ben where they just provide snacks and, and we just provide all of the sauce. So, you know, you know, we have like snow cone people that come. We have pizza sometimes. You know, it's just really a nice way to gather around the children, have a good time with them. And um, that'll be Tuesdays and Thursdays from 11 to 1. Um, and then we are opening up in um, Appalachia Ridge and South City um, a couple of technology hubs that will be available for digital tech, digital and technology access and learning and services. So that is going to be really exciting, um, really uh, community-driven and resident-informed um, facility. And so we, we just, you know, we're going to keep on the community front uh, moving forward, but we invite anyone that's interested to be a part and to come and, and just, you know, take a shovel and help us to, you know, to, to plant community um, wherever we go. How can people help you out? They can get in reach with me um, directly, and I definitely will provide my um, email address and my my point of contact. Um, my email address, of course, being my name, Christique, at southcityfoundation.org, um, and I can be reached um, online as well via the South City website, um, which is uh, southcity.org. I think it's uh, southcityfoundation.org, um, and, and they can definitely get involved there on the site, and I would encourage them to do so. Um, and, and anything that we have, we try to make sure we publish or we, 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 you know, we live cast it on Facebook or on the social platform, but we really want people to get a sense that they can come and they can be a part of the energy we're creating down there in Southside. That's so exciting. I think that especially in Tallahassee, we have the impression that, you know, there's there's North Tallahassee, there's South Tallahassee, there's East, there's West. And we're the way that Tallahassee's map even is oriented. We've got these quadrants, mm -hmm. you know, with, you know, with the, the cut in the middle by Tennessee Street and down, the, you know, the other middle by Monroe. And if people feel like they need to stay in their quad, you know, but you can go visit other spots. You can, <laughs> and it's less than 20 minutes away. And some <laughs> Right. We all live in the same city. That's right. That's right. That's we right. can help each other out and go visit each other. Yes. So get mm -hmm. on down to the south side and see what's going on down there. Now, we have talked a little bit about the advice from Henry David Thoreau, who said to go confidently in the direction of your dreams, mm -hmm. and the advice of Captain Kirk, who said, that boldly go yeah. <laughs> into a strange new world. Go where you have never been before. Love it. Two great men, question mark, with inspirational words. But how do we do it? Don't worry, guys. I got you covered. I'm going to get coachy on you. <laughs> Living boldly and authentically might sound like something you don't have time for might sound like you need to change your whole life to do that. Like, y'all, I'm busy. I can live boldly and authentically after I get done with all of this other stuff. Y'all, it doesn't require a whole life transformation to live with purpose and joy. In fact, you might, you might decide that you like it a lot better. <laughs> and here's the thing. You can always go back to the old way. I've got three ways here. You can try them out. 
and we're going to talk about them. We're going to let you know what we think, where we think you should start. And then if you try any of this and you hate it and it was the worst experience of your life, you can go back to living the way that you were before. That's totally your choice. But I'm going to suggest that we try some of this stuff. The first, we've talked about it a little bit already. Welcome your fears yes. with curiosity. Welcome your fears. Mm. And by that, I mean actually expecting your fears to show up and then welcoming, hello, I figured you'd be here. Mm -hmm. Let's explore this. Welcome your fears with curiosity. What do you think can happen, Christique, when somebody welcomes their fears into the situation and then asks its opinion? Mm. Let's get curious. Why do you feel that way? I think that people need to expect their fears to arise when they begin curiosity. And I, I believe that's a part of the process, right? Um, you, you have to employ, I always tell people, you know, unity is not absence of conflict, right? Correct. And courage is not absent of fear. Correct. You know, in, in fact, it takes a healthy amount of fear for courage to really build itself up. Right. right. And so I, I think that we need to expect and we need to be properly mentored on how to to get through fear. Right. And how to how to let it be utilized in its really efficient and effective way to, to build the strength we need to move forward. Because guess what? The fear ain't going nowhere. The higher the heights get. And the more places you go that you're not used to, the more that fear is going to remind you, oh, what you doing? You know, mm -hmm. and you have to have proper coaching, proper proper folks in your ear and, and proper mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and personal coaching um, to be able to say, hey, I write you here. You know, now let's go ahead and do what we still have to do. That's such an important part. Find somebody who you admire, who is doing the stuff you want to learn how to do and latch on to that person yes. and, and ask if they can help you to learn some of those skills. Having a mentor. Number two, trust your gut. Trust, that, trust your instinct. Trust that you know, you know more than you think you do. Trust your gut. Has there been a time when you have followed your instinct and it has paid off big time? I think most of the time when I follow my instinct, people call it their gut. I call it my discernment. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times what I used to do is not follow my discernment because, you know, that's was too responsible. But, <laughs> you know, but but most folks have a healthy ability to discern what's going to work and what's not. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes we need to just be able to work with our inner discernment, that inner, what people call their inner guttural feeling that this is going to work. You have discernment. It's there for a reason. Work with it. Move with it and let it realize what it needs to realize in your life. I agree. I, I think that there have been times when I've been pretty sure something was going to work out okay. And I always have a few backup plans and and remember that most of the stuff that we're trying isn't gonna really change the world on the first day that's right so if we realize a little bit into it that we've made a mistake or we should have started a different way we can backtrack and fix that that's and right. and go back but if you feel pretty sure that you could handle it if it went really wonky <laughs> then you can handle it. Indeed. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
and and talking about welcoming your fears in you know i think we always still have fear we still have apprehension but it's just a matter of of saying okay i hear you yes valid point mm-hmm. let's talk about it after we're done that's right and and going ahead with it anyway that's right number 3 reflect back on what felt right when you think back to the Soul of Southside Festival, what about that felt right? I think what felt right was the fact that people felt something. And, um, you know, the things, even though the plan went according to, the thing that really spoke to me the most regarding the success of this first venture with this festival and anything that I have done has been what people felt as a result. And to hear vendors, we didn't provoke this, nor did we pay them to do this, go online and say how they were taking a risk in a post-COVID festival to invest and how they were able to sell out. And, and, and most importantly, how people made them feel as if they were welcome, made them feel like they had a, a stake in their success. That's what's important. People, they will never, they will hardly remember what you said, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Maya Angelou was 100% on point with that. And so when people feel, and, and that was what we wanted. We started off with invocation of a feeling. Mm-hmm. And so to see them actually respond and feel the way that we were intentionally trying to plan for them to feel, that was just, to me, that that was the real gauge of success of the whole venture. Absolutely. And I want to remind you all that just because you take that bold step does not necessarily mean that it's going to land right. And that's okay because part of living boldly and living confidently is knowing that you can recover. That's right. And so I invite you to reflect back on what went well and what do I want more of? I challenge my clients to do this often, to not reflect on what didn't go well, what do we want to fix for next time, but what went well and what do we want more of? And the reason is because it keeps you in that positive place of abundance. (laughs) What do I want to bring in? What do I want to invite in? And then clearing the space for it to be there. The stuff that went wrong is going to fix itself. It's going to move on out because there's no room for it anymore. What went well? What was my favorite part? And what do I want more of next time? It's very good. Very good. And I can even add to, um, you know, I think that people devalue the power of something actually happening. You know, Mm -hmm. we talked earlier about confidence and boldness and fear and how that limits people from actually doing And so when you step out and you actually make something happen, give yourself a time to happy dance just because you did that. Absolutely. You did it. You actually made it happen. And it actually occurred. Now, the details may not have been what you wrote down or or strategically, but it happened. Take a minute to, you know, dance around and put those two pointers up and say, I did that. You know, now let's see how we can do it better. I think that um, sometimes when people see me running in my neighborhood, because I'm a runner, And um, they might think that I'm a little bit kooky because there are definitely times when I physically pat myself on the back. Because, you know, Tallahassee is hillier than you think it is. And when I get to the top of a hill, 
I pat myself on the back and I say, look at you, girl. You did it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And, <laughs> you know, and it's it's a I think it's a cool thing to do to remind yourself that you are a partner with yourself. And that you have to be, you have to be all in with yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you can't wake up in the morning and start telling yourself all of the reasons why it's not going to go well, then, you know, the expectation is that you're going to get what you expect. That's right. So I, what I hear you saying is celebrate your accomplishments and notice the times that you get it right. That's right. I wonder, has there been a time when you stepped out boldly and it didn't go well? Mm-hmm. It, like massively did not go <laughs> like nobody showed up oh no <laughs> but again that's when I espoused the power of the doing it right because I actually said well they may not have shown up and there were reasons and they were my fault that people did not show up I either didn't communicate well or they didn't go through the channels it was supposed to go the one occasion was a big event that uh, you know just due to miscommunication and, and kind of malplanning that it didn't go off exactly the way. But, you know, always having, as you said earlier, people who are in your corner working with you who can, you know, go through the the busts with you and, and point out the obvious, but also say, hey, well, this happened. This is what you need to do the next time better. And then doing it the next time better. Right. right? And so, but yeah, there's 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 been plenty. You don't have a great deal of success without a great deal of flops. And, um, and, and so, but you got to be able to go through those flops and be able to learn from them to get to the good stuff. Because there's always a reason why it flopped. That's absolutely that right. That you can learn from. Absolutely. Welcome your fears with curiosity. Trust your gut. You've got this, guys. You can do it. And then reflect on what went well and what you want more of. We're living confidently. We're living boldly. And Christique, I could not be more thrilled to have you here on the inaugural episode of Heather Solves Everything, season two. (laughs) Now, guys, we heard a quote by Maya Angelou. People may not always remember what you said or what you did, but they will always remember how you make them feel. That's my life vision's inspiration, is to create a space where people feel empowered and confident and curious and to know that I've got their back if anything goes wrong. And so guys, that's what this show is gonna be about. Always remember, I'm Healthy Heather and I'm here to help you solve everything. Status confirmed. This problem is solved. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero, too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything. Heather solves everything with a little help from Everyday Heroes.